I can see you've had a spot of trouble, Rome. Would you like to tell me what happened? Uh, they escaped. Uh, all three. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how they did it. Just they got. I'm sorry, Romy, but I just don't trust you anymore. And you know the rules. Oh no, I'm. I'm out. I swear, Abby. I'm. I'm. You're not going to see me anymore. Not so fast. Okay? I also want your balls. After an experimental bioweapon is released, turning thousands into zombie-like creatures, it's up to a ragtag group of survivors to stop the infected and those behind them. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are talking about the Robert Rodriguez classic Spy Kids here on Podzilla 1985. Extra and epi- extras and epilogues. There's only one extra tonight. Just one. <laughs> well, it's because we don't have special guests. Special I don't even guests. know if that's a bit anymore. I haven't seen Spy Kids, so as far as I know, that's what that movie's about. Could, all of Rob- Robert Rodriguez films know. are the exact same. Yes, it's the same. <laughs> he reboots the same movie over and over again. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the theater. My name is Shannon Young. I'm going to be your host tonight. With me, uh, Double H, of course, uh, as always, except for that one time it wasn't. <laughs> I was just going to do the I certainly am bit. Uh, but yes, that's true. Yes. Me. Also with us tonight, Crickets. Because it's just the two of us. <laughs> I told Hunter, no, hey, you know what? We're, we're, every we're, once in a while, it's good we to just be the two the, of us. I'm, so, I'm sorry, what was that again? What, 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 what? what was I saying? Uh, we're, we're, doing, uh, we're doing Planet Terror. All jokes aside, we're doing Planet Terror tonight. Yes, it's been a yes, good year. Yeah. We're continuing the yes. trend. This was a little bit of a strange one. There's a lot of Michael Bean p- films we could have picked from, but we said Planet right. Terror, and he's in it. So it technically counts. True. Yeah. Yeah, this was the only one so far that he's, I mean, first of all, he's not like the star of the movie. He's not, I wouldn't even put him in the, the top tier of the stars of the movie, even though no. he has more star power than some of the other people. Um, and also I just, just a little spoiler ahead of time. No, uh, <clears throat> no real trivia about him in this movie. As far as I can tell, he showed up, he did the job. He said, thanks. He shook a couple hands, collected a paycheck and took off. And a damn so, fine job he did on this film. Absolutely. Planet yeah, but normally I have some, I have some like little interesting, <clears throat> like beat about him specifically, nothing you, you have some exactly. some bean bulletins some. usually <laughs> there are bean litins that doesn't work i don't it's like fine. that i don't like that release Full of beans no i don't like oh that i don't like that either released april 6 2007 as a part of the grindhouse double feature along with entertainment i'm sorry death proof uh by quentin tarantino oh my god this one was written and directed when by was the last time you watched it <laughs> the day it came out on theater uh exactly well you know what you you might have a point and we'll get to that here in a second written and directed by robert rodriguez starring and one of the eternal crush buttons rose mcgowan i was so in love with rose mcgowan especially at this time period i thought she was the cat's pajamas and one thing that i don't remember watching this film originally that i thought of more as i watched it again today was what a what a great character cherry sherry darling cherry darling is um, yeah, oh, I think yeah that's one of the all-time great Tarantino Rodriguez characters, and I didn't really appreciate it at the time. Yes. Uh, Freddie Rodriguez, Michael Bean, of course, Josh Brolin, uh, but you also got Quentin Tarantino, Tom Savini, Bruce Willis, uh, Naveem, right. I can never pronounce his last name correctly or remember it. 
I, I was going to say I can't remember it. I, I briefly saw him in the cast listing. Oh, Jeff um, Fahey. One of my favorite Jeff Fahey performances are, is in this film. Um, oh, it's just Naveen Andrews. Naveen Andrews. There it is. I can never yeah. remember it. Yeah. yeah I also <laughs> thought it was something way more complicated, and it's, it's not. It's just Naveen Andrews. He plays Abby. Yes. <laughs> we'll get to Abby here in a second. 105 minute runtime. It's a little over the sweet spot, but it's it's in it's in there. It's in there. It's you know again the sweet spot is mostly for uh, like comedy and horror. Like a hundred an hour hour and a half. Like the 90 That's minute the, the sweet spot yeah. is there. This needs a little more than that because it's kind of more things than that. It's comedy. It's horror. Yes. Um, it's it's action. It's and a little I, more epic. Than and that. I think it needed more time. To flesh some of these things out. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll get there. Uh, for what it's worth, I didn't. I, you mentioned Bruce Willis. I didn't put him up there because uh, and he's it's in not, for it's about three trivia. minutes. Well, so that's the thing. It's not the trivia, but it is kind of a trivia about it. So importantly, we got to constantly frame this movie in the, in the the frame of reference of the Grindhouse style because that was the whole point of this double feature. Right. Tarantino Rodriguez put this thing together in 2007 as a way to honor those movies from the what 60s, basically like late 50s and 60s, um, where they are just sort of uh aping that kind of b movie again grindhouse style one of the common tricks of that day like cinematic tricks and not necessarily as a filmmaker but as someone who's promoting films uh is to get a big star in your movie have them in for two or three minutes but then sell the movie on their name and if you remember when this this set of movies came out bruce willis was highly hyped and was shown right. in the posters and was in the trailer as like oh shit they got bruce they willis got bruce fucking willis in here not and- to mention and this is one of my favorite parts i didn't notice until i rewatched it again today bruce willis if you look closely only films his scenes with extras he is never actually sharing a scene with the other stars, they always do the back and forth cuts where it's like the just heat his thing face with Pacino and uh, De Niro. Yeah, he's not there. He's one hundred percent not there. This was a famous grindhouse trick too. So you you sell your movie on this person's name. You get them for maybe a day's worth of shooting. You shoot all the other scenes of them alone with maybe some extras, and then you call it good and you pay them a fraction of what it would cost to actually like hire them full time for the movie. Right. Um, so I love I love that they didn't do that here. I assume because they needed to save money uh although in the end they probably should have uh which we'll talk about in a minute too but uh but they did they kind of sold the movie that way and they they were true to the art form i think that's kind of great well it felt very grindhousey you know it, it had mm-hmm. that that grit and that grime um sure well, well we'll get to our thoughts here in a second i got some more stats here 23 million dollar box office versus 11 million dollar box office return budget versus box that- office my apologies that is just for this movie, for what it's worth. Um, if you look up just Grindhouse in and of itself, like, or I'm sorry, if you if you look up Grindhouse together, it's different. Uh, the budget total for those two movies was somewhere between 53 and 67 million. The box office was still 25, so Wait. it still kind of comes out in the wash. Wait, hold on. You, you saying the budget for both films was 50 something million? It was between 50, it shows between 53 and 67 million, which means that's probably they don't have exact figures on the uh, marketing costs. That's usually where that comes in. But to say, how the hell would Death Proof cost more than Planet Terror when it was just four girls sitting at a table talking? <laughs> together, those two movies cost okay. that much. Okay. So, so yeah, somewhere between, somewhere between, uh, 53 I, and 67. This one costs 23. Um, I have although, to so, so, 
I have to stop attacking Deathproof, or Hunter is going to actually get upset with me. That also shakes out, though, that that you're not wrong. If those numbers are right, that means that Deathproof cost more um, than this movie, which, to be fair, Deathproof has... Kurt Russell. uh, Kurt Russell, and it's got Tarantino attached to it. He's he's also... I'm sorry, Rosario Dawn? Rosario Rosario Dawson. Dawson. No, I I was thinking Rosario Dawn donned the outfit in the, the dead in the film uh, which is a zombie film which, which is what film. this is i guess you know, Tar- it's a Tarantino zombie film. Is, <laughs> tarantino's gonna cost more than rodriguez uh, almost uh, every yeah. day of the week whether that's whether that's fair or not that's what's gonna happen so. well Look, I, what we we actually had this discussion once upon a time. You know, this whole extras and epilogues things. We talk about films on here for the first time yes. in Podzilla history, and you know the eight years we've existed. But we talk about movies all the time off the air. Like honestly, if right. you, if you catch the group, right. we're constantly talking about films way more yes. than we talk about video games, which might surprise you guys. Um, <laughs> we used to have an argument over who was the better director: was it Tarantino or Rodriguez? And I was yeah. kind of on an island of my own because I picked Robert Rodriguez because I'm a huge fan of, and and no one said he was a bad director for the record. They just said they enjoy Tarantino more. And that's fair. Like I I could see both ways. Um, I really like Robert Rodriguez. I love uh, the, the El Mariachi series. That's one of my absolute favorites. Desperado is one of my favorite films. Um, I've I've never seen spy kids. I liked Machete. (laughs) And then I think it had like six sequels that I didn't watch. Um, As long as Trejo is getting business, that's all I care about, honestly. And then when they announced this film, which it was going to be Planet Terror, which was a zombie film, and Death Proof. Both of them sounded very interesting to me. Me as kind of a more, I enjoy monsters more than people. I was definitely drawn yeah. to Planet Terror more. And I remember liking this film, but not loving it after I saw it in theater. And after rewatching it today, I have the exact same response to it. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I was I was confused. I was confused by some yeah. of it. Um. My first thought was, why do things keep exploding? <laughs> like seriously. Well, well, in in this particular film and in in this sort of universe, this grindhouse uh, B movie style universe, um, everything can take exactly as much punishment as the scene requires. It. <laughs> so okay. you can get stabbed multiple <laughs> times in the hand with a hypodermic needle and basically be fine. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, break your wrist in a car door and all that. That's fine. Uh, but the moment, the moment that, uh, any car takes like an errant rock, it's going to be like Andy Samberg going down the hill and hot rod. Like it's just two <laughs> minutes of explosions is what's happening after that. There, there is a part literally uh, towards the, probably the little later half of the film where Michael Bean is talking to Robert Rodriguez, or Freddie Rodriguez's character, El Ray, and he says, uh, we'll take my car, and then his car explodes for no reason. He goes, I'm riding with you. Yeah. And I'm like, why right. do things keep exploding? Right, because because the joke and the plot demanded it in that yes. exact moment. That is the that is the only answer. You cannot go into this film expecting anything to make sense. The moment no. that they strap the machine gun onto to Cherry Darling's leg and she can somehow fire yes. it, you have to stop <laughs> Thinking. Never reload. Never um, reload. And, and just launch her. Can rocket she, jump herself into the air, land perfectly. Yeah. Did she steal uh, that from Halo, or did they steal that from her? Where you can shoot a rocket at the ground, <laughs> propel yourself up into the air. We'll That's see. a Halo badass scene, though. The, uh, Halo Three came out the same year as this movie, but this movie came out first. So, so, so suck it, know, suck it, Halo nerds. Know, <laughs> Master Chief, more like Master Thief. <laughs> <laughs> That worked too well. Thank you. It was too good. I had a mouthful of tea. <laughs> oh. So let, let's let's Ooh. break down what this film is. It it stars 
uh, Rose McGowan, obviously, as a go-go dancer who one oh god i'm trying to make sense of this film still so 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 importantly this movie even though it's a rodriguez movie has a lot of tarantino isms because it's more pulp fiction than it is anything it's all these different stories coming together under one overarching story about a zombie apocalypse sort of like a pseudo zombie apocalypse type thing and fergie's so And tell me this movie is from 2007 without telling me yes. it's from 2007. The moment you see Fergie, it goes, is that fucking Fergie? That's, and that's exactly what minute. I did. I turned to Lindsay and I said, is that fucking Fergie? I don't remember Fergie. But she did. Yep. She was fine. And she's very attractive. And, so. And hey. she's, she's uh, I completely forgot that she is uh, Dr. <laughs> uh, Dr. Block's girl or like ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I forget she, the actress. She, that, she's that the, uh, the mistress. Dakota, Dakota Block. Yeah. Yeah. She's the mistress. She's the yeah. girl that she used to be with and she's getting back together with behind Josh Brolin's back. Totally forgot that. Because completely he's. Completely forgot that was a subplot. He's a monster. That's yes. one of the things. Yes. So. Uh, so. Okay. Here's. I'm trying to. I'm trying. I promise. Because I did watch this one. So Abby. Who is a scientist first and a businessman second? I think he said. Right. Has and made a ball a, collector third. Yes. Has okay for whatever reason has made a deal with Bruce Willis's commander or sergeant or whatever he is to supply them, I guess, with this chemical that keeps them from turning into monsters because they were exposed to it when they were hunting Osama bin Laden. And yeah. and he some of the. I guess some of the captive people they were maybe trying to create an antidote with escapes. And this is all the beginning of the film. And, and Willis then demands all of the product at which point Abby shoots some of the canisters, which releases the toxin into the air, which then affects the world. And then he's going to save the world though, at the end with the antidote. But why did he do it in the first place when it literally had no effect on the soldiers other than helping them? I was yeah, so DC, confused by the logic. The DC two chemical is another one of those things that, that very much operates the way the scene needs it to in that moment. Yes. It seems scary and horrifying because it will melt your flesh or it'll turn you into a zombie. Or if you're breathing it through a mask, then you, you, you're fine until you stop breathing it. At which point you um, start, start to cook to, on a low heat. Yes. For, for, a, yes. for two hours. And also um, some of the zombies are mindless kill, kill, eat, eat. Others are intelligent, shoot guns and, yes. and drive yes. vehicles. There's really no um, rhyme or reason to it. Various people can live without the gas for extended periods of time. For example, if you're Quentin Tarantino and they need you to get all the way to the part where your junk melts off first, yes. then you hey. can live without the mask for a long time. We're rushing ahead here a little bit, but speaking of that, why does Tarantino have to write himself in as the rapist slash racist slash horrible person in every well, film he does? That's the thing. He didn't write this one. He I, is not a credited writer on this movie. I, the only person as a credited writer or director is Robert Rodriguez. I feel like Quentin Tarantino read the script and said, let me play that guy. That's my guy right there. Um, <laughs> Rodriguez wrote the part, but Tarantino went, oh, I see what you did. Here. Yeah, that was this for me, wasn't me, it? Thank you. And, and he's like, no, we got Bruce Willis. He's like, "I okay, I humbly accept. Yeah. I will. <laughs> the part was actually originally intended for like probably like Harvey Keitel, but Tarantino was like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. No, 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 you don't need to hire anybody else. I'll do this. He I'll was, do it for free. He also, apparently, you don't feel pain when you're zombified because, like you said, his penis no, was no. literally falling off. 
Yes. And it affected him. And his response none to at that all. was, let me try to have sex before it completely rots. As opposed <laughs> to just putting the mask back on for a second. Or to, you know, screaming like oh, a normal person. My God. All right. The more we talk about it, the less I like this film. So <laughs> here it's it's it, it's not dog soldiers level for me. I actually no, there are, there no. are parts of this film I really did like. I love the style. Absolutely. Rodriguez sure. is a great director. He has a flair for the visual. Um, yeah. The part, anything with Cherry Darling, when she's firing her gun, when she's rocketing into the air. I mean, and part of that is Rose when McGowan, too. I thought yeah. she was funny. Yeah, I great. thought she was endearing. Um, yes. Freddie Rodriguez was great as El Rey, even though they didn't I, explain anything about him. And that was kind of the point. No. Which was, yeah, right. My only criticism of him is that um, he is part two of Tell Me This Movie's from 2007 without telling me. Uh, that that goatee and that hair, he yes. looks like he just walked off a set of a of a, an NSYNC music video. Yes. Like, I don't know what's happening. And granted, he, that's more early, or like late 90s, early 2000s. It was a weird choice. I think, I think. he guest starred. He just came off a guest spot on Melrose Place. Directly <laughs> over there. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I and And to be fair, like, no offense to the guy, but he's not the greatest actor either. He is um, not. No, he's, he's kind of wooden, which that happens multiple times in this movie. You've got the, uh, put it in the notes. The guy who plays the strip club owner, not a doctor, or I'm sorry, not a, well, the other guy's not a doctor either. He's, he's also not a doctor, <laughs> but he's not a strip club owner. He's not an actor. He is Robert Rodriguez's real estate agent who he thought would he be thought great for the role. Funny, yeah. And put him into the role. And, and to a certain degree he is, but he's so wooden. It's so clear that he's not an actor. Yeah. He has no idea what he's doing. Um, the guy who plays the doctor alongside Josh Brolin, that's Robert Rodriguez's personal physician. <laughs> that's not an actor. Yeah. And like this happened a couple of times where it worked out. Kim Jong or, uh, 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 what's his name? Kim Jong. Kim Jong. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, famously was an actual physician and then, and then became an actor because right. he got interested in improv and, and right. got into a couple of movies and all that. Uh, and, and again, worked out to varying degrees. I I've liked Ken and some things I've seen him in. I've not liked some other things. Um, but then this it's, it elevates one of the things I didn't love about this movie. And I, I feel bad about it in a way, but this is, so obviously a Robert Rodriguez passion project. This yeah. is a movie he really wanted to make. Yeah. Um, and at a certain point it turned a corner of, it's not just that I want to make it. It's that I'm going to make it damned. If I do and damned, if I don't, yes to hell and with so, logic. Yeah, exactly. I want this thing to happen. This is to, for me only. And the problem is the box office receipts kind of proved that in the yeah. end. Yeah. Well, I because think. it's, it's not a great film. It has great components. I, I, I really do think there are great components. The monster designs are cool. Eventually, uh, Bruce Willis looked cool for a second right. before he died. Um, yeah. the, the lighting is fantastic. The colors are fantastic. It, it has a sure. great feel to some it. Some of the dialogue is, is great. Uh, again, if you ask me, and I know <laughs> you would at some point anyway, so I'm just going to say it now. Absolute top tier favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, <laughs> I'm cherry. You certainly are. Yeah, that's like, fantastic. What a great fucking line. Fantastic. And she wraps her arms around her. It's fucking amazing. It's it amazing. Makes, and it makes it's sense with the characters, you know? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And Rose McGowan did such a good job in this film. I always wondered why she never was bigger than she was. I mean, it's not like she wasn't big. She, she was um, in a lot of good things, but she was so if good. I rem- 
if I remember correctly, she was one of the first people that really started speaking out against directors and shit right before kind of not right before me too, but when a lot of that was ongoing and she got blackballed before people started actually believing. Oh them. yeah. Um, uh, my favorite scene in the movie is when she's dancing, she's go-go dancing sexily. And then as she poses at one point, it pops up Bob and Harvey Weinstein. I was like, mm-hmm, there it is. Yeah. Whoop, there it is. Yeah, Hit me. Very much. Disgusting. Um, I, her, her Wikipedia doesn't have like a full thing about it, but if I recall correctly, that was kind of where, uh, where some of that came into play was basically just because I know it's, it says specifically here when the Me Too movement began, Harvey Weinstein, the sexual uh, abuse scandal, she became a supportive figure speaking out against harassment. I'm almost positive though, again, that she was one of the main, uh, people who kind of like jumped on that that early which on is a shame it was like hey this is not okay which is a shame she's yeah. so good in this yeah. um she was in there's i don't know if you've ever seen it. there's a movie called the doom generation fantastic movie i i love that movie that's one of my favorite films um rose no, mcgowan i mostly remember her from uh well scream obviously um oh yeah i forgot of her in scream yeah she was my favorite person in scream i didn't want her to die yeah of course she did yeah um I, uh, Jawbreaker was another one we just talked about fairly recently. I liked her a lot. <laughs> Don't forget Monkey Bone. Oh, Monkey Bone! Remember I didn't Monkey look, Bone? I didn't watch it. I do. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't. I didn't watch a ton of Charmed, but it was one of those shows that when I it was did. on, like I back did. when you had, yeah, yeah back when you had uh, cable, like I, I'm going to sit down and watch this for a little bit because why wouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, she was also in Ready to Rumble, which I totally forgot about. I forgot about that too. Um, okay, well now I'm starting to see why her career didn't go so well, but. When she was in good films, yeah. again, like like the Doom Generation, uh, she's really, oh, she was in um of uh, uh fucking Phantoms, and Affleck mm. was the bomb. Not, Affleck, Affleck, he was the bomb. He was also Phantoms. the bomb in that. Yeah, and so was she. They were both very very good. Um, she she saved this movie for me in a lot of ways. Her and I I yeah. I also can't remember the name of the girl that played the the doctor. She was also fantastic, and I'll never forget oh, in, in the artwork that I'm doing for the show for this. She's on the poster and her big eyes with the running like of uh, makeup mascara yeah has is always stuck in my yeah. head when i think of this film that and cherry it's darling's Marley Shelton. Gun. she's good Marley Shelton. she's she's really yeah, good she in was this. in uh she was in, she sin was city. in spice which we just talked about sin city which yeah. is where rodriguez worked with her the first time um god there was something else valentine which you might remember that horror movie from around, david morianis yeah, right yep yep yeah. yep yeah um and there was another thing that I'm trying to think of that I'm not seeing here, but there was definitely one more. I don't know. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. so to this, back to this, trying to make sense yeah. out of it. The <laughs> the doctor shoots the gas, which releases it everywhere, and people start turning yeah. into zombies who wait and stalk you, but also just ravage you like zombies, but also carry on right. conversations and use guns. Yes. And if you're bit by them, you turn into one, except if you're Tom Savini, but also <laughs> like, there's no logic. I can't stress enough. Don't go. All right. If you go watch this movie, don't go into this looking for a good movie. Just go in, turn your no. brain off. Look at, look at the yeah, pretty girls, look at the explosions and go, huh? This is, yeah, fun. I mean, and again, to be fair, that's kind of what they were trying to right. do. It's a grindhouse film, yeah. Doing. yeah. Grindhouse movies were very much about the visuals and they were that's, about the, the, the music. That's the thing. Uh, and very much not about like a highly detailed story. And that's the thing I was going to say. What, so I watched a lot of grindhouse films growing up. Um, I, I love those things. I didn't watch them all. I'm yeah. not an expert, obviously, but I did enjoy them. And this movie is too well done to be a grindhouse film. 
but it's trying right. to be a grindhouse film. And I think that's where it suffers is it's trying to emulate this thing that it's too good for. And therefore right. you kind of lose the meaning behind it. Even though they tried very hard, it's it's Steve Buscemi walking in going, you know, hello, fellow high school kids. How do you do, fellow yeah. kids? It's, They're it's trying. That, I'm glad you said that because it's that. And it's, <laughs> to me, it's a one-two punch. That is like half the equation. The other half is when you try so hard – as an individual project to emulate an entire like genre, because Grindhouse is a genre, it's a genre. basically in and yeah. of itself. When you, and granted, it encompasses elements of action and horror and comedy and all that, but when you try so hard as an individual film, even a even a two part film, a double feature, um, to emulate an entire genre. What you have to do is basically take the the sum of all of those things, right? The average of like, okay, I got to get a little bit of this and I got to get a little bit of that, which means you're getting an average of the genre, which means you're almost definitely going to be an average movie, right? Yeah. You can't really stand out in any way. And that I think is the, the, the cardinal sin of this movie at the end of the day. It does, and you you kind of alluded to this earlier, this movie needed more than 104 or nine minutes or whatever right. it is. I don't have it right in front of me right now. Um, 105. It needed more than 105 minutes to really do what it was trying to do with any real efficacy. But the moment you start tacking more time onto it and explaining it, now it's getting further away from being the grindhouse genre. Like yes. you just said, it's no longer that thing. So it's caught in this weird limbo between I need more time to be a better movie but if I become a better movie, I'm not going to be the thing I'm emulating. So I need to cut it down. But that makes me a worse movie. Yeah. It's just it's it's a constant power struggle. And see, I know we're not talking about Death Proof, but that's pro- part of the problem I have with Death Proof, too, is it felt even less like a Grindhouse film to me. It felt like oh, a yeah. very art housey Tarantino film. Grindhouse because films were not that. Doesn't know how to make anything that's not that. Right. Um, I, I won't. I won't go on a tangent here about Death Proof. I really hope that we can cover it one day because I, I do yeah. want you to see it with fresh eyes. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen it in a few years, so to be fair, my opinion might change too. The the one thing I'll say about Death Proof is that Tarantino himself has said it is his worst movie. Now, to be fair, he said it in the context <clears throat> of if this is my worst movie, I'm doing pretty fucking well. Yeah. Which. I that, think he's right. Frankly. That, that's comparing um, like a, a three star movie to all of his five star films. Well, it's still a good right. movie. Yeah, right. And and at, at the, the on the same token, um, the critics and, and audiences agree with you. Like if you look at the critical acclaim for this movie, it's up there. Seventy seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 77 out of 100. So 77 percent on Metacritic, which is what they consider universal acclaim for Planet Terror. Uh, I don't know the death proof, death proof numbers because I haven't looked them up yet, but I know they're not that like all of the trivia alludes to this was the better received movie so much so. And of course, to be fair, part of it was because <clears throat> when you saw this in theaters as a two part deal it was the first one. It was the first one. Yeah. There were people who walked out after Planet Terror because they thought that was it. Right. They saw the trailers. Yeah. They saw the movie. They saw trailers starting for another movie, even though they're fake trailers. And they thought, oh, we, we got to go. Which, There's another thing. Which became starting. more movies. That's where uh, Machete yeah. started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and at the end of the day. And I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because this was something I was going to say at the end. But I'm going to say it now in case I forget. This movie and frankly, probably Death Proof um, would have been better served as trailers. Right. Because well, that's the thing. At the end of the day, you have an interesting concept, but not necessarily an interesting movie. So an extended like four or five minute kind of trailer, like almost a short film kind of thing 
might have worked better and been more interesting. So at the end, when it's all said and done, the way I would have done this is like as much as I talk about how I dislike Tarantino's Death Proof. I still think it's a yeah. fine movie on its own. I think you could have released Death Proof as its own film, not put the Grindhouse trailer yeah. on it or the title on it. This movie, I think this movie could have worked if they didn't try to make it a Grindhouse film. If they had cleaned up yeah. the cleaned up the look, kept the same coloring, kept the same you know lighting and stuff, but cleaned up the you know all the little static images and the missing reel and stuff right, like right. that, and made a legitimate monster feature. <laughs> The missing reel is one of the funniest gags it in is. the whole thing. It cuts yeah. out the sex scene, and then it cuts back to the whole place on yes. fire. And, and it's my favorite part. Good. Where it's, it's bring it back to Michael Bean, where Michael Bean tells Freddie Ray, "Guys, thank you for telling me about that. I, if I had known you were El Rey, I would." It, it explains nothing. Right. It explains nothing, <laughs> but explains it away at the same time. I so exactly. that's, that is my it's, favorite it's part. Pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I, but I think if you were to create, take this and make it like a two-hour legitimate horror sci-fi film, and keep it away from the grindhouse thing, and just build on the structure that's there i think it would be a really good movie and i see cherry darling as as like a it could have been like an icon in the horror series had they had they done it the right way because i mean the name the look the machine gun leg she's primed she She made it she she, made it into bro force she's in bro force it's a character which is fucking great i told sarah about that i thought she was gonna scream she was like this is so great like I love this. She should be That's in Call of Duty. She should be in everything. Oh yeah, I'm down. Yeah, absolutely. I fucking love Rose, Rose McGow- McGowan as Cherry Darling. Of um, the two of them and El Ray, like, like her and El Ray in there. El Ray gets the the double knives right for the you know, character with the double melee. Yeah, I love that double knife thing with yeah. the, the fucking surgical gloves and the, yes. the hospital. That's a great scene too. Just a hallway fight scene where he's avoiding the blood. Yes, um, I have a problem. And with then it. yeah, give her an execution with the with. The, oh wait. Now I gotta know. Well, the, my problem with it is so they showed in an earlier clip, El Ray pulls out a fucking assault rifle and shoots a bunch of the zombies, uh-huh. doesn't affect them as they run away. But then later he's yeah. stabbing them with knives and killing them. And I'm like, okay. Yes. So. <laughs> well, he didn't hit him in the head. He didn't shoot him in the head the he first time. He didn't stab him in the head either. <laughs> well. Uh, it's, it's the sunny bit. Look, if you put every plan under a microscope, <laughs> Shannon, I mean, it's not gonna. <laughs> yeah. Um, cringiest worst line, uh, him patting her stomach and saying, I never miss. Oh my God. Come oh. on, man. Come the fuck on. I, I cringed into my seat at that moment. Ugh. I'm like, please, please don't. Please. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Cause I remembered this yeah. part and I still was like, Oh God, come on. There, there will be two of you against the world. I never miss. Uh huh. That's not how, uh, that's not how, uh, reproduction works. Not um, how spermies work there, chief. I was really happy. I mentioned this earlier. The thing I remember most about this film when I watched it originally, I wasn't a huge Michael Bean fan back then. I was I had no yep. idea who Freddie Rodriguez was. Um, yep. I was such a big fan of the fact that Jeff Fahey was in this movie because I was a big Jeff yeah. Fahey fan back in the day. And this was kind of like, you know, one thing Tarantino's good at is taking older stars. I mean, they, they said it in... Of it's always sunny, you know. They were kind of talking about it. Tarantino takes older stars and he brings them back and makes them relevant yes. again. Well, they kind of did Robert Reggie, Robert Rodriguez <laughs> did the same thing here with Jeff Fahey, and he put in a great performance as JT, the the barbecue uh, guy and the, the oh, brother yeah. to Michael Bean's character. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fantastic. Um, I, I honestly, for what it's worth, forgot that Michael Bean, or, or I would say forgot, I didn't even realize Michael Bean was in this movie until when we were talking about doing this thing for December, and you said Planet Terror, and I went, yeah. And then I went quietly and Googled, like, who the fuck is Michael <laughs> Bean in Planet Oh, yeah, he's the sheriff, because I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. And then, of course, now now that we've been watching these Michael Bean films, 
as soon as he came on screen, not only, you know, I knew he was coming because I knew he played the sheriff and I could tell by his countenance and all that. It's the voice. The voice. It's that little yeah. bit of that, yeah, that know, little graspy boy should yeah. stuck around. Like, yeah, yeah I can just oh. hear him as soon as he shows up. I'm like, fucking that's Michael Bean. If I wasn't looking and he started talking, I'd go, oh, yeah, that's Michael Bean. He could sure. not have been a more straight laced, boring character in this film if he tried. And it's not his fault. That's yeah. how the character was yeah. written. He was just the straight laced. Yeah, the straight laced cop. He really didn't do much. <laughs> he dies for like 50 percent of a screen time yes yes <laughs> he's dying from the time they leave the barbecue shack all yeah. the way up into the army base and it's the most prolonged death scene so many other people like they get shot well that's it you know they're gone but because he took like a, a gut shot it's like well he's gonna die for the next 48 hours well speaking of death scenes so there was a couple of deaths in this film the that kid. i well that's one yeah. of them I remember, I remember when I watched the first time and we rewatched it again, I told Lindsay, I was like, wait, doesn't that kid shoot himself like really quick? And then bang. And I'm like, oh, yep. 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 Not yep. only, not only does so the that kid. Is... Oh, <clears throat> no, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so, not only does the kid shoot himself and die, which is unexpected. Uh, Abby at the end, when he sticks his head out to look, gets his head blown clean off, which was unexpected. And then <laughs> a ballistic I, missile. Yes. And then I forgot about this one. This is the one that I literally thought to myself, was that really fucking necessary when the dog jumps out of the car and gets run over? Oh, yeah. Was that really yeah. fucking necessary? I, I almost missed that happening because there's so much going on in that scene. And I looked at Sarah afterward. And I was like, was that the dog? And she goes, yeah. yeah. Like it was, it was one of those things like normally that would bother the hell out of me, but it happens. Like you said, so unnecessarily and so fast and they spend right. no time on it. I didn't even have time to be mad about it. Yeah. Like suddenly it, we're it, on the bridge and it, there's zombies. And- it just goes right to Jeff. A. He going, ah, damn. And then that's it. That's all yeah. you get. Never mentioned that again. whole, that whole scene was exclusively, we introduced a dog that we don't want to have to keep up with for the rest of production. <laughs> we only have two days with the dog, yes. so you got to write him out somewhere. All right, we'll have him for some reason jump out of the car and get run over for no reason. <laughs> I uh, Okay. The, the kid, so for what it's worth, the kid is uh, Robert Rodriguez's kid. His name is Rebel. Um, of course. He also course not to mention again fucking narcissist cat or not narcissist, uh, uh nepotist casting like yeah. he's, he's, robert rodriguez is literally just like waking up and going through his day going who, <laughs> who can i put this movie, movie? <laughs> i also like the name um, i like the term narcissist cat that is one of my favorite <laughs> new terms <laughs> i'll change the name i appreciate that um uh he so so for what it's worth because rebel was like kind of young at this point uh if i understood it correctly they filmed multiple versions of like what he he did like basically he didn't tell his kid hey you're gonna kill yourself in this movie and that's what's gonna happen um but he also didn't want it to be anybody else's kid he's like I, i'll take the blow on this one like i wrote this in i i should you know i guess it'll just have to be my family people. in there it'll have to be my child you know yeah. so they filmed multiple versions where he gets away that's why if you if you ever watched the single which actually i guess you did did you watch through the credits no i didn't know there was a post-credit scene I'm, I'm reading this now. There's a scene, yeah, in the solo version of the film, uh, not in the Grindhouse version, because, of course, it goes straight into Death Proof, um, where he is seen on the beach playing with his scorpion, tarantula, and, and turtle. And so apparently he, like, I, I'm assuming it's in some version of the film he survived, and they just wanted to include that scene at the end, because obviously it makes no sense otherwise. He's no. He's quite literally very clearly dead. Even the crazy babysitter sisters tell her, sorry about Tony. That's right. all. That's all you get for Tony. Sorry about the Tony. Babysitters. Also, another hint that uh, Quentin Tarantino might have written a little bit of this. Introduced with their feet out, of course, the bare feet <laughs> in, immediately in each other's like, faces. Ah, in each other's know. faces. In each other's faces. Yeah, because they're painting each other's toenails. Of course, got to do that. Yeah. Uh, 
There's another Can film that has we? Th- there's another film that has an absolute uh change of an ending and I'm I'm I I had to look it up to remind myself exactly. Do you ever see the movie Pontypool? No, although the name sounds familiar. It's a it's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Stephen McCaddy's in it. I'm a big Stephen McCaddy fan. Um he plays a radio DJ in I think Canada. I might be wrong on that who there's there's i love the poster like right out of the gate that that's just phenomenal it's a zombie outbreak but the zombie virus is not spread through bite it's spread through sound so you hear a word and you repeat it over and over to the point that you lose your mind you're just like crazy and you're killing people um now king did uh did something like that only it was with cell phones years later i it sounds like he kind of ripped that off anyway well now i don't want to say it because if you ever watched it's going to spoil the ending so We'll come back to it. Well, okay. So the main characters die in the end. And after the credits, there's a scene of them. It's very stylized and black and white. And they're like playing cards at a casino. And it's just them. Like it makes no sense with the rest of the film. And what I always heard, and I may be wrong with this. This is one of those old, uh, I heard it through the grapevine things was that they filmed that because the actress in the film had cancer and they wanted to have a, a happier ending for her. And so they filmed this as kind of just like a little punch of like, hey, look how cool yeah. they are. And I, I'm fine with that. That's fine. That somehow that makes more sense than this little kid blowing his own head off and then being right. there at the end of the film. Um and still being on the beach. I yeah, also that's, that's weird. I also I love the fact that Michael Parks is in the film as uh Earl McGraw, which is the unifying character. I don't know if you noticed in pretty much all of Tarantino's films. He's in Kill yeah. Bill, he's in from he right. dies in From Dustle Dawn. That's where his character actually dies, is in From Dustle yeah. Dawn at the very beginning. Um he's in a bunch of those films. So it was cool to see him again in this film as the same character. I really like that. Um yeah. and, and that's about it. The girls are hot. That's it. There's action. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's it's a very again it's it's a pulp fiction type story without maybe the level of pulp fiction's writing because you've got Cherry's story of no longer wanting to to be a go go dancer you've got El Ray's very mysterious intentionally mysterious story as a trucker slash assassin apparently yeah um you've got the 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 barbecue shack the brothers you know the sheriff versus the guy who who runs it and and them trying to get well one of them trying to get the other one secrets and they all come together under the heading and him, then the doctors and the whole thing with the doctors him wanting um, to get the recipe that apparently didn't exist because he was trying to think of the recipe the entire film right right he couldn't i want the recipe to your, I, saying he's got it yeah, right. I want the recipe to your secret barbecue sauce that you haven't actually made yet Okay. Well, I'm never going to give it away, but also I don't know what it is. Yeah, take it to your death. And then in my dying moments, I'll tell you what I got. Right. What I got so far. And then for None some of which reason. was all that special. No. <laughs> 250 <laughs> degrees. Uh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm no barbecue expert or smoker expert, but I'm pretty sure you bring somebody like a Jesse into this conversation and they're going to tell you, okay, yeah, 250 degrees. It was 12 hours for 12, like an hour per pound yeah. um, and use canned tomatoes. And that's all yeah. he says before he dies. And it's got to be the sauce. The sauce has got to be what makes it so good. But the sauce wasn't yeah, done yet. Blood in it, apparently. Or salt. <laughs> apparently he never thought to add salt. Yeah, that was such a weird. Uh, uh, there's so I, many things yeah. in this film that drive me nuts, uh, and it. Uh, I also always thought that El Rey was a reference to From Dust Till Dawn, and I don't know how. Well, kind of is because but, he's trying to get to the El Rey. They're trying to go to El Rey, and I always thought, was right. this supposed to be like a hint? Is that why this guy is so scary? Is like, was El Rey not a place? El Rey was a person. Maybe they were getting to, and then this is him. I. 
I think it's just a shared name. I think they just want <laughs> yeah. to have the shared name. I don't know that it's necessarily meant to be the same thing. I, want I don't it to hate be. that idea, but yeah. Because it would yeah. explain why he's so feared. But if he's right. so feared, why he works as a, uh, a wrecking well, service, sort of? Didn't, well, and of course, that's a reference too, right? Because he wrecks everything around him. A wrecking service. He yeah. just drives a wreck truck to go with it. I mean, didn't you see the part where he explained it? He explained it to the sheriff. I know in some forms there was a missing reel, but like it gives everything away. Yeah, he told him everything. He explained it. You know, normally I don't like it when a character explains the entire plot. You don't need all that exposition. Right. But in this film, right. I feel like it was necessary, and I applaud them. I for, was missing it. For making the right choice on that. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's let's talk. Okay. Let's get to our review. This is the part of the show where we review the film. Yeah. And in case you forget, it goes from the Ghostbusters, two thumbs way up, to one thumb up is you like it. One up, one down means it's complicated. One down means you don't like it, and two down means you watch Dog Soldiers. So that's that's the <laughs> so far. That's the scale. <laughs> Has any movie gotten two thumbs down except for Dog Soldiers? I I think I gave Friday the Thirteenth Friday the Thirteenth Part Four two thumbs down, but I, I that, the only universal two thumbs down was Dog Soldiers. Yeah, and that was not just me and you; that was the guest as well. Right, that was everybody across the board. Um, yep. I am going to give. All right. Uh, this is the hardest one I've reviewed so far. It really is. I'm yep. so conflicted on this film because there were parts cinematically, there were parts I absolutely loved sure. story wise. I didn't like it. I think I'm going to have to go neutral on this one. One up for the things that I really liked, including a lot of the art, a lot of the lighting, the acting, the characters, and a down for the general lack of logic and stupidity shown in scene after scene. They yeah. didn't need to cut that many balls off. No. The ball no. counts. Or like constantly open the jar. Yeah, and or play with them. Or when did the guy have time to cut out the guy's balls off at the end? Did he take time out to cut all the balls off when they're also, trying to I'm save sorry. the girls? Did you notice the part in the beginning where Abby shows that like cool little hook knife that has like the perfect spot where it works? But then when he goes to to actually do it, he uses like some weird like claw, like spreader yeah. thing. Then what the fuck was the knife for? And he did use it at the end because you see it covered in blood after he shows Bruce right. Willis all of his soldiers' balls. So I guess Bruce Willis yes. was not the bad guy, and Abby was the bad guy the whole time. Yeah, I mean anyone who cuts off testicles and keeps them in a jar is not necessarily the protagonist. Bruce Willis was just trying to protect his soldiers. <laughs> Who, just trying to stay alive you man. know his soldiers who all turned out to be murderers and rapists the good guys <laughs> yeah yeah so it's one up one down yeah. for me there were things i really liked about this movie and i do think you sure. should watch it like if you're listening to the show why you're listening to it and you haven't seen it yet i don't know you just spoiled the yeah. entire movie but i think you should watch it it is an entertaining film it's just not a great yeah. one so one up one down for me I'm in the exact same boat and for pretty much the exact same reasons. Um, I, I went through kind of a process. So coming into this movie, I was, cause I usually, especially if it's something I've seen, I, I will try to preliminary go, okay, where do I think I am on this movie? And I was, I think I was at a single thumb. I was too. It, it was same. never going to be, it was never going to be two for me, but I thought, man, this was a good movie. I remember enjoying this as I watched it, that thumb tilted downward. And I just remember kind of having all these moments of like, Oh, but this is kind of dumb and this is kind of bad. And, I don't really love this part. And and there was enough interesting good stuff, like you said, to pull me back to somewhere in the middle. Um, it's not a perfect movie. It has its ups. It has its downs. Like you said, the writing is kind of 
a little too crazy even for Grindhouse, but then there's also some great quotable moments. This is a car crash of a movie. I mean, this is 100% yes. your, your TLC match of a movie. It yeah. is a spot fest. Right. It has a ton of great moments, but the things that get you to and from those moments are not usually all that great. Oh, oh um, can I bring up one more? Just talking course. about that. Well, before yeah. you were talking about the guy being his actual physician, there was a part yeah. in the film that I remember turning to Lindsay going, okay, so why? When all of the infected people are in there, the doctor explains to Josh Brolin's character, a bunch of these people came on very contagious. Not a single goddamn mask is on a single goddamn doctor. Very contagious. No mask. Yeah. No. This is the worst hospital of all time. This is the worst hallway. It's a single hallway in one room. With like three rooms in the hallway. There's nowhere to put anybody. Well, except the closet you can lock your wife in. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and if someone is terrifying then you give them three injections they i die i guess i guess and, i'm still and trying then, to figure that part out we never reference that again so she stabs him once it's her little friend she stabs him once to numb the right. pain stabs him again yeah. to do something and and the second one they never explain what it does but she says if you don't feel it that means the first one is working right and then the third one, you'll never see me again. Um, there was one part that I almost screamed out loud at, but then Sarah pulled me back and she explained it. When she does finally pull the like syringe, like launcher, the yes. fallout, you know, gun from yeah. her like garter holster and shoots. I was like, why the fuck did you wait so long? And then she did the thing. Her Sarah called out at the same numb. time because her yeah. hand was still numb. Yeah. Which again, they're numb for exactly as long as the plot. Yes. Thank then God. They're normal Thank again. God they came back at the right time. And that broken <laughs> wrist didn't. Right. Didn't really affect her too bad. It didn't hinder her at all. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. No. It's it's very much. I, I agree with you. It's an entertaining movie. It is very unique in that it's grindhouse but it's not really grindhouse so if you really want a grindhouse experience you're gonna have to go dig up some older and and i'm sorry i don't have any recommendations on names for those i would have to do a big deep dive to go here's what you should go see to really get a representative of that genre and that era um where you even watch those movies nowadays i have no idea i'm used sure to be tnt late night not yeah, i was gonna say that that focuses on that kind of yeah. stuff um but but as a as a love letter to the genre it's not perfect um it's a like letter to it right and it it is a unique experience it's one of those things that i told sarah when we were watching it i really wish that there had been an alamo draft house in our area when this had come out because that kind of presentation the like now our feature presentation and all that the 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 way that these films are set up is kind of the way that alamo has their whole aesthetic it's tailor-made like if they If they ever have those movies there, I'm 100% going to see it because I'm sure it would be a very, very cool experience. Years ago, uh, when Tarantino released The Hateful Eight in that that uh, 35 millimeter version that right. was super long and it had the intermission and it was you know shot on original film, we saw that on New Year's Eve, the year that it came out that way at a, a theater in St. Louis. Not the Alamo, but uh, it wasn't there at the time. And that was incredible. That's the kind of theater experience I'm looking for, something unique and special that you can't really get anywhere else. Um, so to that end, I will say... If you are going to watch this movie, and again, I agree with Shannon, I think you should um, try to see the double feature. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easily accessible. Yeah. Um, make some time to sit down and watch it. Create your own intermission. You Get know, a drinking when, party when going. Ends, you know? Yeah, go go uh, make some popcorn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hell, if you, if you Don't can find eat a way pizza to make during it the first squat. film. Yeah, no, no, it's this is going to be a lot of gripping moments. Yeah. And um, if you can find a way to watch it in a drive-in, that's another thing. We got that rock and roll drive-in that's down toward uh, I think Dexter um, in our area, of course. But if you know somebody who does one and they're always looking for like film recommendations, this would be a great drive-in experience. This yeah. feels like it's tailor-made for a drive-in. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's a unique experience. It's got some cool things going for it. It's not perfect. It's one up, one down across the board here. It sounds like um, it's not something I'm going to go seek out, but it's also not something I'm going to just write off completely. I would watch it again under the right circumstances. I would too. And it's I, got Michael Bean. Yes, it's got Michael <laughs> Bean, and it's also important to note that some of these characters do cross over into Death Proof. So mm-hmm. there is a connection there. I know Josh Brolin, I believe, is in it. Or if not Cherry's Josh Brolin. It. Uh, well, it's not Cherry, though. It's the actress, but she's a different character. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Rose McGowan is in it. Um, but uh, um, Marley Shelton, I just looked it up. And yeah, Marley Shelton is in it yeah. as Dr. Dakota Block. And Michael Parks is in it as Earl McGraw. So there are two right. characters that that carry over into it. Um, and I don't, I don't know that anybody shit. from... Did you uh, realize what? this? Mary, I forgot Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in the film. Guess who she plays? She's in this one? No, she's in Death Proof. Oh, I know she's in Death Proof. She's a cheerleader. Yeah, you know what her name is? No. I'm not no, fucking... my head. I'm not fucking with you. Lee Montgomery. <laughs> That's Big Lee. Really? That's Big Lee uh, in this wow. film? Huh. I didn't know that. I, I didn't remember know. that. I remember her being in the movie, but... That's um, weird. And Zoe Bell is herself. I, I, what a strange film that was. It, it's a strange little movie. I don't remember anybody from that movie crossing into into uh, this one. Uh, Planet Terror. Yeah, I think no. Zoe Bell is one of the zombies, but I think that was like it's not meant to be her. It's just well, she's a stunt she woman. Stepped in and played. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's she a stunt woman. That's what she that. does. Right. Right. Um, but the, the the other cross. The, the only thing that comes close to that is there is uh, a mention. <clears throat> I don't think I wrote it in the notes, but there is a mention on the radio at one point in time uh, in Planet Terror about, you know, this song now to our dearly departed Jungle Julia. And that is the character who dies. And yeah, in death death proof. that's the first person that stuntman Mike kills. Yeah. Um, well, that whole group, technically. <laughs> well, she's she's in the other car. Yeah. 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 But she's like the yeah, she's the first like among the first like. The big time that he, yeah, like yeah. Said, he, kills, he, he kills because he also yeah. kills Rose McGowan's character in the beginning, but it's not Cherry right. Darling, yeah. obviously. So right. they just want, they were, they liked her so much. They said, Hey, do you want to be in this one too? And she was like, Well, it's either that or I don't know. I got this offer to do Monkey Bone. And I'm really considering <laughs> I think she had that. already one. done Monkey Bone at this point. I let think me, we were past. Let me look it up because that would have been, Monkey I don't care. Monkey Bone was Brendan Fraser. That's like early 2000. 2001. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so this is 07. Yeah, she's long past. She was trying to get over Monkey Bone still in 2007. Have you you ever seen Monkey Bone? Man. It's a uh, film we'll never review on this show. I don't care how much. So Rose McGowan plays a cat girl in that movie. Sure. I don't care. I'll never watch that fucking film again. From the Lego Lego Fortnite? If if Rose McGowan as a cat girl was my wife in Lego (laughs) Fortnite, I would not be here. I would never leave the game. It'd be like uh, Ready Player One. You just live in the haptic universe. Yes, of that whole this is my home now. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing I remember about Monkey Bone is so O one checks out because that was right in the middle of my high school career, and somebody, somebody in my friend group was like really I say obsessed with the movie, but I think it was one of those things where they just really said the title a lot to the point that I finally one day was like, you got to fucking shut up about Monkey Bone. Like you gotta stop, <laughs> and then I never heard a thing about that. So I don't think I ever actually saw the movie. I just well, remember hearing about listen it. Listen to the this time. Listen to this cast: Brendan Fraser, Bridget Fonda, John Turturro, Chris Kattan, of course, Giancarlo Esposito, Rose McGowan, David Foley, Megan Mullally, Bob Odenkirk, Lisa, oh my Z- God, Whoopi Goldberg, 
Um, and then it, that's pretty much it. And then it's a bunch of other people. Lou Romano's in it. I think that might be Ray Romano's cousin. Yeah, that sounds right. John <laughs> Turturro of all people is a is a weird choice. He was the voice what of is Monkey this Bone. Movie about. Oh, man, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but there's this little character, this little little monkey puppet thing called Monkey Bone, and that's oh, all I know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a cartoonist whose character does a thing, and then um, it always reminded me he falls into a coma, and then there's like a whole thing in the the afterlife kind of. Okay, do you do you remember? Yeah. The, there was another film in the '90s called Cool World that always reminded me of. You remember Cool World? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I do remember Cool yeah, World. I don't awesome remember seeing film. it, but yeah, I think Brad yeah. Pitt was in that one. Um, he was. Gabriel yep. Byrne was in that. Surprisingly, uh, yes. and uh, Kim Basinger as Hollywood. Because if Hollywood, if Holly could, she would. Anyway. I'll take your word on that one. That's going to bring us <laughs> to the part of the show. Hey, it's the epilogues part of Extras and Epilogues. Where we talk about yes. what we want to see with these characters after the film. What happens to these characters? They kind of give you a hint with the whole... And, and was this in the original one? Because I don't remember this. I'm sorry. I have to bring something up here. So I know you're going to talk about the ending here. There was one more thing that drove me insane. When they're going through the whole sort of like epilogue of the movie itself within the movie, right? They're in Mexico. Everything, you know, they're building this new society. When they show Dr. Dakota Block and she's got the gun, oh, the bikini, right? and they're on the beach yeah, and she's on and they're on the beach. She's got the gun. The the guy who was the helicopter pilot, who was the, the strip club owner, is sitting there with the, the two the um, crazy babysitter twins, uh, the, the babysitters. Yes. And they're laughing. But then everyone looks at the doctor who's just standing there with the gun stoically facing forward and they kind of laugh at her. And then they cut away, and there's no fucking explanation. <laughs> what the fuck are they laughing at? Well, she's what funny. What is so funny? She's funny. I, I guess it makes no sense. I don't understand I what did the not understand what the fucking obsession with the and they're literally credited as the crazy babysitter twins. Yes. Yeah, I have no idea. I guess, no man. This movie was fucking weird. This is probably the weirdest yes. movie we've covered on the show, and we've covered some and weird. We movies. reviewed Dog Soldiers. Yes. I said weird, not dog shit awful. <laughs> but I hear it's one of uh, it's one of his best films, is what I've heard. Anywho. This is one of Rodriguez's best films. No, 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 oh, no. no. Dogs they say Dog Soldiers is one of uh, Neil Marshall's best films. I politely disagree. Although okay. I don't, I don't think this is one of Rodriguez's worst films. Um, I've never seen the Spy no. Kids films, but I can't imagine they would appeal to me. And that's strictly just me as an adult. I, right, I, yeah. I love the Desperado series. I loved El Mariachi. I loved Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And uh, he's done other films, too. From Dust Till Dawn was good. <laughs> that was good. Anyway, epilogues. All I want to see is more Cherry Darling and Dr. Dakota Block. They are the two best right. characters in the film. They're both fun. She now has a minigun on her leg as opposed to just a machine gun. <laughs> And she's riding, <laughs> she's riding a horse with her baby on her back, lifts her leg, fires her minigun. The horse isn't disturbed. The baby doesn't cry. No. Nobody no. is affected by the firing of a minigun. Okay. <laughs> right. And everyone just kind of accepts that that is fine. Yeah, I think this you've, is all perfectly normal. You've got a, I, I, I mean. It, almost like a dawn of the dead style thing. You've got this group of people now secluded to their paradise. I'm sure something right. happens where their paradise is in danger. And cherry darling and Dakota block have to save the day. 
and right. um, I, I imagine at some point in this film they are probably lovers. I just have a hunch, and yeah. I'm down for it. Yeah, I mean that yeah. that line. I'm Cherry. You sure are. Yeah, you certainly are. The tension you could cut it. it with a knife. Oh yeah, way yeah. more. Yeah, I mean than her and El Ray. This is this is the most straightforward setup for an epilogue ever because I think we're in agreement. The the movie tells you right there that's what the sequel is. And if this was the 1960s and this was going to be an actual grindhouse movie, that's what the next 14 movies would be about. It'd be like Planet of the Apes, just over and over. It's just the proliferation of this society now in Mexico dealing with a, a continuous zombie outbreak and and all that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything unique to add to this. I don't know what it would be. Like it's it's just women in love killing zombies and and. And making existing and making crazy new friends and you know yeah. getting wild, getting nuts. Trying to figure out that barbecue recipe that that went to JT and, and the sheriff's death. Well, somehow I'd like to think somehow they survived. Why not? And <laughs> well, this, if that kid can deal with a direct gunshot to the head by himself, then sure, that, that surely they can. Was one of my the explosion of an entire military base. Did it also bother you that the military base was just named military base? Yeah, well, that's how you be discreet. <laughs> that's how you be discreet. There's you- <laughs> no military base in the world that I know that doesn't have a name. It's Fort something. It's you know this place crossing or what the fuck ever. And this sign just and they show it a million times. Military base two miles. Yeah, I think this one was just called uh, Fort Military Base. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I wonder if actually it was named for uh, uh, General General Terry Mill Terry Mill Terry um, Base Mill A Terry. Well, Hunter, what you don't know they that Bruce Willis's character and that was General Military. It's a family name, and that's the military base. Hunter, Hunter, you still there? Okay, he's actually giving me a pause. I'm sorry. I thought, I, I thought my joke was so good that Hunter was dying with laughter and he couldn't respond. So that was un, that was unfortunate. I really thought I had something special there. My apologies. All right. Well, with that said, I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Okay. Yes. Oh, back. Hey, sorry. hey, hey, hey. I, I missed a, a chunk. <laughs> I missed a chunk of that there. My uh, to, to pull the curtain back a bit, my, my wife turned on the iPad upstairs, which then pulled the audio from my headphones. <laughs> and suddenly I was listening to friends and not you. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> oh, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Suddenly I was listening to the television show Friends. <laughs> I, was and listening, not you. <laughs> I was listening to friends and not you. Oh, well, I'm saving that audio. <laughs> No. <laughs> so, so what? What did I? What, what was the very end there? We were talking about the epilogue. I, I said that um, uh, Bruce Willis's character name was General Military. It's a family name. Military. Yeah, yes, that's him. Yeah, and that's yeah, when you yeah. paused so long. That's I thought the joke was so good, you had to think of a proper response. <laughs> I, had go, I had to go write it down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was on my way upstairs to to turn off the Bluetooth on our iPad, and and I think she beat me to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's it. That's it. We just want to see more Cherry in Dakota. It. That's all we need. That's, That's the it. film. They were the best characters in the movie, continue and, the and it should continue that way 100%. for the next 14 episodes. I mean, you know, it's been what? When did this movie come out? 2007? 
2007. It's been long enough. It's so been 16. It's years. almost been 20 years. I think a uh, a reboot or a, a reunion's in order. So let's let's jump on Planet Terror too. Maybe uh, make <laughs> this time call it Universe Terror. At this point, they're now patrolling go the galaxy. Space. Yeah. Yeah. Go Universal. Go into space. Cowards. All right. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. it. That's it for this one. What do we got on tap for this week? We got one more extras and epilogues coming. Yeah, we do. So this has been our "It's Been a Good Year" it's episode. It's been a good year. Uh, yeah. And again, if you haven't listened to the other Michael Bean episodes from December, go back and check out. We reviewed Tombstone. Uh, we reviewed Aliens. We reviewed Terminator. Uh, and 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 hopefully, even though the last week of the year gets a little crazy, we are going to try to also review The Abyss before this is all said and done. The yes. other kind of big feather in, in Michael Bean's cap. Something I've never seen. I think you have. Right? I've seen it once, and I was like thirteen. So this gotcha. will kind of I've be new for me. Never seen it. Uh, so, the only thing I, I know about it, other than the, you know, the fact that it's another uh, James Cameron movie, is that this was one where um, he very much what he felt like was was typecast because he was playing like a big time villain instead of a, a heroic role. So he's yeah. like the main villain of the movie. So to peel back the curtain um, on our schedule here, uh, we have a new episode of. Well, I guess tomorrow will be Scrooged. Right? Is that how we're doing well, it? Well, that that'll be that'll be Wednesday. Yeah, that'll oh, be on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because we've got we got Christmas what episodes is today? too. That's just the Bean episodes. Today's Monday, buddy. Oh shit. Okay, <laughs> so nothing tomorrow. We've got an all new right. uh, extra snap logs on Wednesday. We're we're talking about Scrooge, yes. which again yes. I love Scrooge, but I just watched Muppet Christmas Carol. That's gonna be a tough crowd. Uh, Thursday. Yeah. I. I famously have not seen Scrooge in years. I'm going to be watching it over the next couple of days as much as I can. Um, Sarah is not jazzed about it. She does not think it looks interesting. So it this, may just be a solo watch. This this was um, my favorite Christmas movie. I mean, hands down. I agree with Jesse. Yeah. For, for years, this was my absolute favorite Christmas movie. Uh, and for what it's worth, we are bringing Jesse in for that show. Jesse Kimball yeah. will be here to yeah. talk about it. It's his favorite Christmas movie, so we want him yeah. here to talk about that. It, it's it's not um, my favorite Christmas movie anymore because I I love that film at my most cynical, yeah. at my most cynical phase. And Bruce, uh, Bill Murray is great for for being cynical. He has he's a very sure. cynical character. But I kind he's of the personification of it. Yes, I kind of appreciate the Muppets take on it, where it was a little bit more heartwarming and a little bit creepier. Honestly, I thought Scrooge was creepy yeah. with the zombie, but man. Once you see the ghost of future of uh, the future in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, you you get a cold. It's the way Michael Caine responds to him. It's the way Michael Caine shows genuine yes. fear because he's a fucking A class actor. Played it straight. Yes, he played it straight. So fucking good. He's not over the year, top. Next year, yes. that one makes the list. For yeah, sure. And Friday, yeah. it's uh well. Yeah, well, we Thursday, have, Thursday. We didn't cover Thursday. We thir- Thursday. Thursday's after dark. We'll, we'll have our, our yeah. big Christmas preview after dark show. Uh, Friday, yeah. we'll do one last horse time. Saturday, we'll be at the Hendrix's residence for our annual Christmas party. Uh, oh, Monday yeah. on Christmas Day, we will we will record it early, but we will release yeah. the Abyss episode on Monday. And then guess what? That's it for the rest of the year. We're done. We're not coming back to January. Uh, Gr- Gremlins. We doing Gremlins? Fuck. Fuck. Okay. That's the other Christmas one. That's what I was, was going to say. We have another one. So I'm. I I'm apologize. It's okay. I think it's sometime between now and. Um, I think Sunday uh, or and maybe Saturday. Like shortly right after Christmas. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, we'll 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 do like a we'll record them back to back and then we right. can just drip feed them out there of the abyss uh, and and Gremlins. Well, that's that that was for a long time your favorite Christmas movie too, as I recall. You that yes. Was your big one. But there was a time of my life where the gremlins took on a whole different meaning and that <laughs> kind of altered my perspective of it. So what we'll yeah. do is we'll do uh, 
the abyss on Sunday on the 24th on Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas Day you'll get Gremlin. So that's Podzilla on Christmas Eve and, and Christmas, it. and then that's it. And that's it. You get we're, nothing else. Nope, not until the new year. We'll see you in 2024. So that's it for us tonight. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the balcony is closed. We'll see you on Wednesday for another Extras and Epilogues with Jesse Krimble talking about the movie <laughs> Scrooged. Until then, uh, get ready for Christmas and Hunter. You got a you got a Planet Terror quote you can take us out on? Useless talent number sixty nine. Oh recording a podcast. <laughs>